Hello, this is the 20th episode in the Creative Flow podcast series, hosted by Anthony Bellani and Kimmery McKernan. It features discussions with thinkers and change agents important to the science of creativity. We would like to welcome Shazina Masu, Chief Executive Officer at the Amman Foundation and the Sindh Integrated Emergency and Health Services. She's a graduate of the master's program at the International Center for Studies and Creativity, SUNY Buffalo State. In her current role, she leads an organization of 700 people to provide state-of-the-art ambulance and emergency services in Karachi, Pakistan, offering advanced emergency care for people who previously had no access. She's worked all over the world and applied creative problem solving in a range of commercial and social sector organizations. Welcome, Shazi. Thank you very much, Tony, for that introduction. Uh, Hello, Kim. Hello. Let's get into it. So can you please share with us the story of how you became involved in deliberate creativity? Well, my inspiration actually came from my cousin. Uh, she is, uh, she, taught, she told us about creativity. She was a great inspiration to us. Uh, her name is Ismat, you know her as Izzy. And uh, she is the one who first suggested creativity to me and to my cousin who later also was a graduate of uh, ICSC. Roman Ahmed. Um, and I think the timing was so perfect because I had been working in the social sector by that time for around five years. And one of the things that I really uh, realized was that we keep on doing the same thing over and over again, but we keep on expecting different results, you know? And the world community, the global community spends millions of dollars towards the social sector, trying to create some social impact. But if that dollar doesn't really create that impact, it's, it's, you know, it's sad. So for me, creativity became really essential because of the work I was doing as well. That's beautiful. And of course, Izzy was one of our first podcast guests, and she's beloved in the community. So that's a great story. She's a, a terrific, uh, definitely a terrific inspirer and uh, very, very generous with her uh, uh, knowledge and skill. Shazi, please describe how you're using creative problem solving in your organization to achieve profitability and grow your services. So, like I said, I mean, since I work in the social sector, it's a nonprofit organization, profitability has a completely different meaning to us. And so that is actually improving lives and creating some social impact in whatever work that we are doing. Um, I, when, I, when I joined Amman Foundation and this new organization, it was really at the cost of from being a funded organization to a self-sustainable organization. And not really understanding where we were, I did take on that challenge. And I was so fortunate that I was actually doing my master's at that time. And I came across this change leadership model, which is uh, uh, John Cotter's change leadership model of which has eight steps on it. And I I followed that. And I followed one of the companies that I was working on or or researching on, which is the Lego Foundation. And they had gone through this whole change as well around 2012, 2013. And I learned so much from Dr. Cabra and from what I was reading and from what I was experiencing. 
And to me, I think that was the greatest application of creativity that in that eight month period, I used everything that I was learning and I applied it to what was happening to us. And the result was that we did make that pivot. We are self-sustainable. Uh, we are restructured uh, both financially and uh, manpower wise. So a huge success. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, we always love to hear the story of taking the theoretical part of uh, creativity. It's not only seeing it applied, but uh, the downstream success story, because so often as facilitators, we're not there for the, uh, for the wins. We get there for the, uh, here's the prediction of the win, and then weeks, months later, something happens. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I think it, it, it's also about what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not only about, a, you know, a part of what you were doing or a, a certain experience. It is how it becomes part of who you are as a leader also, that creativity helps you on a day-to-day -day basis. And for me, I think two things which, is, which have really become my go-to is when I'm talking to the next, to the person in front of me, especially if it's the first few times, I am trying to place them in that um, 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 thinking skill model, right? And trying to understand where they are on the foresight thinking profile. And that helps me in how do I communicate to this person so that we are able to collaborate better. Um, and I would never have thought of doing that till I, you know, till I learned about creativity. So to me, that has been huge. Um, and I think the other thing is to really focus on the problem uh, through creative problem solving, understanding what the problem is, has helped me tremendously. And I think it has helped my team tremendously. So what are some success stories you have experienced using creativity in your career? Uh, so like, I mean, just to continue from what I was saying, I think one of the biggest successes was, of course, this managing that change, pivoting uh, the organization. Uh, but a lot of it is also about designing new kind of programs, right? So like I said, trying to do the same thing over and over again is really not going to get us where we want to go. Um, and so trying to educate all your stakeholders on what creativity is about and suggesting new ways of arriving at a solution has been very fulfilling, very satisfying because you know you see that aha moment so um, even when you're talking to the government or you're talking to your partners or you're talking within your organization, um, I'll give you an example. We have a um, business review meeting every Monday because we are heavily operational. And generally it is my head of operations who will conduct that meeting. But sometimes I go there and I sit with them because it helps me to understand what is happening day to day. It's not only about strategy, but connecting the strategy with the operation. And we sit there and we are talking about things and I can, the moment I tell them to look at a problem a different way, the solution comes in, you know? So, so, so for me, the creative problem solving process and the whole focus on creativity has helped me not only on my strategic side, not only in change ma management, but also teaching my people the importance of defining the problem correctly. Uh, and, and yeah, so I, I think that has been the success. 
That's awesome that you've uh, kind of taken uh, the whole uh, use of uh, creative problem solving and plugged it in as a meta tool and technique into the organization. It's not just let's pull it off the shelf because we got a problem. Let's instead you're saying let's use it all the time so that we're always focused on uh, uh, challenges and not that it rises to the point of being a really complex uh, problem. So building on that and that you've uh, seen the value of putting uh, creativity um, into uh, all aspects of the organization, um, why uh, do you see creativity uh, um, functioning within the nonprofit sector? What advantages does it bring? Um, so, okay, so there are two things. I mean, just relating it again to the previous question. One of the things I told you that from being a funded organization, we were going into being a sustainable organization. And so with the limited resources that were available to us, we were able to run not only the same operation, but actually increase the impact of our ambulance services. Uh, and that was through just creatively looking at every aspect of the, of the problem, right? But specifically for the nonprofit sector, I think creativity is hugely important because what we consider to be really simple problems of hunger and nutrition and education and health, you know, they, they're just loaded words actually. Why? Because they're dealing with people and people are diverse and they are diverse because of their culture, because of where they are, the geography, the weather, the climate, everything impacts them. And so if we try and do the same thing for every one of them, it's not going to create any impact. You have to contextualize, you have to be creative about your solutions. The problem is the same. It is lack of education in Africa and in Asia. We suffer from it because our youth do not get the education that they need. But how we address that need is very, very different. I did a project as part of my course for education for street children. Because in Pakistan, that's a huge problem. Uh, families dis get displaced from their villages because there's not enough water or it's not viable for them to do what they were doing for the past 50 years or 60 years. And they come into the cities and they have no employment. And the children then become street kids, right? They, they have nothing to do. They can't go to school. They don't have the money. They don't have a structure, family structure, which they can rely on. And so I made this model, which is uh, which takes a lot from Latin America as well and from other Asian countries, on how to customize that education for street kids. And I believe it can be done, right? But that is not the model that you would use for low-income kids who do have income, where they do they can afford to go to schools, right? Their solution would be totally different. So I really think that creative uh, creativity is is critical for the nonprofit sector to stretch out those resources and to be able to fit them and adapt them to the actual need of the person or the people or the community that we are serving. I think what I also hear you doing is uh, really uh, uh, um, making uh, the most of the data gathering step where you're, uh, first I was surprised to hear you say these simple problems of hunger and, uh, and uh, poverty and, uh, I never quite thought of them as simple, but what? But then you went right ahead and said that the the difference, the differentiation within those problems are the people, 
And yeah. you then did data gathering and you made a really interesting distinction of someone that has a little money is not the same as someone that has no money. Yet someone in America would probably look at them as the same in the same situation. So that I, I think that's excellent in, in what CPS promotes is there's differences and all differences should be paid attention to. Absolutely. Let's move to your work as a leader. What advice do you have for other leaders in using creativity for change leadership? So, uh, Kim, one thing that really uh, I learned during this two and a half year that I worked with, uh, um, you know, all the great professors that are there, um, it was, and again, coming from Pakistan and having really been educated in uh, local uh, educational uh, system over here, which is very good. I, I was very lucky. I, I studied in very good uni uh, universities and colleges and everything. But what I noticed in terms of the way creativity is taught is the immense flexibility that every individual has to be who they are, right? To be their own person and to mold whatever they're learning towards what they are doing and what, who they are. So, so for me, the way I learned creativity is very different from one of my very close uh, classmates who was their postmate who was there, Carolina. Uh, she, she was running a business and her, what she imbibed from it was very different from what I did, right? Because I was looking at my situation, my country, she was looking at her. So my, my advice to leaders would be, Whatever you learn in creativity or outside it, even, you know, there are such um, popular change models which are there, uh, motion and this and that. And every five years, something comes up and then everyone runs after it, six, six, six sigma, whatever it is. You have to contextualize it. And you have to understand that every change model or every leader is leading people. And unless you focus on the people, None of these theories, these models actually work. And what I really loved about Potter's change model was that he made people the center. So it was not my way or the highway. It was everything was shared with the group. And it was us who moved the needle, not me who moved the needle. Right? So I just feel that you have to be very, very, uh, aware of what kind of model or what kind of strategy you're adopting. Not only should it be contextual, it should suit the people that you're going to work with for it to be effective. That's amazing. And when you think about it, here you, you studied internationally and then applied it in your home, right? And that's yeah. that's what we all need to do, right? To take those big ideas and make them make the change where where we're able to. I almost feel like we're hearing the answer to this next question in in your previous uh, responses, but uh, I feel like maybe this could uh, lead to a tightening of the focus. Uh, uh, what do you see as the future of creativity and? Where would you like to see the, our community, our community of creativity professionals uh, focus in the future and, and why? So, I mean, I was 
completely. And I mean, I know that I took this up. It was a conscious decision, but I didn't really realize how much research was at the back of creativity, right? And so much work had been done. It was a pleasure. It was so enlightening to read all that research and see how uh, creativity had progressed over time and its understanding and the tools and everything, right? Uh, but I do feel that a lot of the work is focused on teaching, the teaching. So as I did, I worked with different cohorts. I figured that most of the people who were coming into creativity were from the point of view of education. So they were trying to instill creativity in education. There's a lot of emphasis on facilitation as well. And I feel that more research needs to be done on the social sector and more, more research on how creativity is effective in nonprofits. Exactly the questions you're asking me. And what I'm telling you is a sample of one, right? You need much more than that to be able to come up with a scientific conclusion that what kind of creativity would have an impact in the social nonprofit sector. And I think that would be a wonderful, and you know, all this, in, uh, um, emphasis on environment and climate and all of those things, I think this is just the right time to do it. I feel like you are uh, um, the beginning of uh, uh, taking on a leadership role in that. And it seems like you have the- <laughs> you have, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have the energy and the, uh, and the smarts to do it as well. Thank you, I would love to. Yes, I, I think even in the some of the work that Dr. Cabra is doing in, in Myanmar yeah. is a good yeah. example of that. And he yeah. was that was a previous um, episode we did as well. And I think that he was also showing yeah, that was a great example. He did it while we were with him. And Mary Walsh was with me. And she has she is from the social sector as well. She has great experience. And I think she would be a great uh, ambassador for something like that. And and to to bring that back, uh, it they validate what you're saying is that the stories that the we we actually made that into two episodes because there was so much material, and the second episode was just the stories that the students brought back from their experience, and nearly every one of them was about a person. Right. Um, so uh, your your point about it being uh, especially in the world of uh, uh, social change, um, I couldn't agree more that, uh, you know, I think that when we talk about capitalism, social change to me is about human capital. Um, right. And your point about creativity being about people, um, in, especially in this sector is uh, spot on. When we spoke earlier, Shazi, you shared some numbers about the impact um, and the number of calls that you could take after applying creativity. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, so we have this um, uh, call center. Uh, it's a telehealth platform uh, that we run. It's a 24 by seven uh, call center. We've got trained nurses and professionals uh, manning it. Um, and we've had it for um, six or seven years. And we, we were trying very, very hard to make sure because, because we've got trained people, because we know it's an issue for people in Pakistan to actually go to doctors or clinics because transportation call, uh, uh, costs are very high. 
So we wanted to really make it work, but our call volumes were very low and we, we, we threw a lot of money at it. But somehow on a, on a monthly basis, we would get around 3000 calls maybe. Uh, and then we started looking at it from another point of view and we leveraged on what was happening in COVID where people were totally housebound. Um, and we collaborated with the government and with uh, WHO. And as a result of that, because of the advice that we are giving and because of the areas that we are now covering, we have a thousand calls per day. And so we had to really scale up our, our work and, and the people and this training happening, whatever. But now it has come to that level where, uh, you know, where we are actually doing the work that you wanted to do. And all of that came out because as a team, we got together and we started thinking on what is it that we are missing? And what we were really missing was we were not dealing with what is the uppermost issue or the most critical issue in health for the people whom we want uh, to connect to us, right? Uh, because if you say, okay, if you have flu, please call me up. They have a million, million other options. But if you, if you want home vaccination, call us. We'll tell you how, how we can manage it. Or you have COVID, you're housebound, we'll help you out. We'll tell you how to manage yourself. So this is how we got into it. And now, even though COVID is down, we've gone through a third wave. Uh, we have Nationally, we have around 700 cases. We are still getting those 800, 900 calls per day. I, I think that's an amazing story. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. If you build it, they I will come. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> if you build it for them, they will come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. So our last question, which we ask all of our speakers is, Tell us about your creative flow. So um, my creative flow is my passion for problem solving. I ideate a lot and then I want to implement immediately. I just want to see the change happening. Uh, and I'm very passionate about social causes. So, so that is my flow. If I see, a, see a, a situation happening where I can pitch in, even if it doesn't, affect me directly or it's not my work as they say right it's not my direct within my scope I really don't care I'll put in my time I'll put in my effort I'll go for it and I will pitch in with my ideas and everything so so to me I think that is my fit it's the passion that comes from solving problems and solving social problems thank you that's beautiful what could be better <laughs> yeah I, I feel very fortunate. I am doing something that I never imagined I would be doing. I really didn't think I, I, I was drawn to it. But again, I think because you're reflective and you think, you find your path. You find the right place for yourself. And there's nothing better than that. Yeah, and, and what Adam Grant talks about in, in Give and Take is that the people that find the greatest success in life are not just the givers, but the givers that do have that sort of uh, very clear view of a path. Um, right. they, they don't just uh, give indiscriminately. Uh, they, they're able to give based on their skills, their passion, and their awareness, that alertness that you've been talking about through the whole call. And uh, 
it's it's not only fulfilling into the world, but it it then becomes self-fulfilling, uh, much along the lines of uh, what you've been saying. Uh, well, you, you you've brought a very exciting um, use of uh, creativity and and powerful social um, energy at the same time uh, to this call today. So we're very very uh, appreciative, uh, Shazi. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking to me. It's, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Shazi. Awesome. Thank you. And we'd like to thank everyone for listening. And this is Anthony Bellani. And Kimmery McKernan. We invite you to tune in again to the Creative Flow series. We hope you will translate your creative flow into action and that your actions 